Welcome to the More Than Fitness Podcast. I can hear you and I can see you and we oddly look like twins, except my shirt is way more impeccable than yours. I know. You know what? Right, literally right before we started, I was like, oh shit, I didn't I didn't wear the uniform. I was like, fuck. The the, the, po- <laughs> the podcast uniform, you're aware. Yeah. Yeah. I was it. like, oh man, I messed up. <laughs> yeah. I see you got the, you got the short haircut too. Dude, it's the, the quarantine haircut. I just, I, I decided to go through with it. It was actually, um, it was, it was my, my girlfriend. She really likes the buzz cut surprisingly enough. Like she's a big, mm-hmm. big fan. Have you ever seen the show prison break by chance? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the two brothers Lincoln and, uh, Michael, how they have the buzz mm-hmm. cut. Well, she really liked that. And I was like, I did it before for my bodybuilding show and because, you know, you get on stage, you shave the whole thing or whatever. Um, And so that was, you know, probably like four years ago or something. That's the last time I've had it buzzed. Uh, And I was like, well, we've got quarantine and then we've got uh, the summertime. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to give it a go. And and my hair grows super quick anyway. So I was like, give me two months and it'll be back to normal. Um, But I'm loving it. I'm loving yeah, it. Yeah, you, you know what? I used to always go with the buzz cut. Like that was my that was my style for pretty much all throughout high school, even probably into college. And then I don't know, I just let it grow out a little bit. And then uh, you know, with quarantine, I was like, well shit, I can't go to a, a barber, I can't go to a any type of hair place. So Dude, I got the clippers. Like get the let's get the clippers out and take care of this. What what's ridiculous is that like I waited until the barbers opened up and I still went and then you did and, it. <laughs> I literally went, I went to my uh my boy, my boy Fruk. He he's um uh, uh, whatever he, he does really good work. And so I was like, listen, if I'm going to do a buzz cut, I'm going to at least make it like faded perfectly. Uh, mm-hmm. so I went to my boy, he hooked me up and, and, and here we are, dude. So you made, it was an actual decision yes. to go that route. Yeah. See, mine was just like, you know what? I don't want to deal with my hair getting all ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah. But but mind you, though things are opening up now. But I, I kind of like it, so I'm sticking with it. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, you're you're in you're in Myrtle Beach, correct? Yeah, South Carolina. Actually, so we're actually it's wild. So when this all started, it was it was like very very mild around here. Mm-hmm. But you could almost anticipate this happening with once we started opening up and then everyone started coming on vacation. Like it's it's like skyrocketed now. So they're like it's like out of control here now. I just I just got back from Destin, Florida. So I'm uh yeah. I'm probably part of the problem to be a hundred percent honest. But it's just we we did our uh, it was it was a family vacation. We had it booked before coronavirus ever even happened. Um and and there was something like with the refunds or whatever, and we were just like, we're gonna wait it out. And my 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 whole family went, my brother, uh his wife, our his newborn baby, everything. So it was something that all of our schedules lined up and we were like, dude, fuck it. We're going to go. And, you know, we, we did our best to not like be up in people's grills and things, but in Destin, Florida, it's still like restaurants and things are not too socially distanced. Well, the thing is, is there's kind of a dichotomy because the people around here survive off from tourism. Yes. You know what I mean? So thinking, think about it from like an economy standpoint, like how are these places going to survive a summer mm. with, with reduced revenue, they probably can't because if you think about it, they pretty much make all their money from March to October, September. In the wintertime, there's like nothing. It's like kind of like a ghost town. So if you take out their summer, like none of these places can survive. So it's like, okay, on one hand, yeah, but having a bunch of people come to your town probably is not the best thing. Mm-hmm. But then again, if they don't, what's going to be left? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and especially, yeah, like you said, because during the winter, because that's, I mean, it hit whatever in, in January, February ish or whatever. And and then most of these places in Destin, Florida or Myrtle beach or something where you said tourism is the main thing. Like they're not, they don't have much money. Like they have their money saved up from the summer, the previous summer to get them through the winter. And so they're probably like, Oh, I'm okay. But then over the summer, if they also don't make money that summer, then it's like, okay, they haven't had really good revenue come in for a long ass time. Yeah. Since the fall. Yeah. So it's like, it's tough. Yeah, it's, it's a tough situation, man. It's wild. It's wild. And I, I wanted to um, uh, talk with you about the because uh, uh, obviously power lifter, heavy lifting and things, you know, only doing doing push ups and, and split squats and things like that can only get you so far. You need a, a barbell in your hand. Did you have a, a home gym ready to go? Yeah, so it was interesting. So I have a garage where I live and I have some stuff. I have barbells, plates and, and a bench and everything. Not a, not a complete setup, but a pretty decent setup. But <laughs> when you have kids and everything, like my garage is like filled to the brim, like just a bunch of stuff into it. So when everything started, I actually wasn't in a big rush to clean it out and like just jump right back into barbell training. I was like, you know what? Maybe this will be a good opportunity 
just do some bodyweight stuff. Just hit some push-ups, hit some pull-ups, do air squats, split squats, things like that. Work on mobility, like all the things that we never do that we probably right. should do. <laughs> right. So for the first probably, I don't know, I'd probably say the first month, that's all I did. And I actually got some pretty good workouts in. But then about a month in, I was like, man, this is, we're, we're probably going to be in this for the long haul <laughs> yeah. here. Maybe I should just clean out the garage and get some barbells back in my hand. Because really, you know, I was like, man, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of pushing the limit on doing bodyweight exercises. What I, what I said to all my clients was, look, from like if you're a power lifter, so your main goal is strength and competing, it, it's tough to get motivated to do bodyweight stuff. But the way, the way I explained it was, if we can maintain muscle during this time, one, it's going to make the transition back to barbell training that much easier. But two, if you don't lose muscle, yeah, we'll lose a little bit of strength just pretty much from getting rusty on the movement. Sure. But that transition is going to be so much better if you do something versus nothing. Right. But then, you know, a month in, I'm like, all right, I, I got to get some barbells in my hands. So I cleaned out the garage and then started doing some uh, some stuff. But now the other issue I'm having now is it's so damn hot in the, in the summer down oh, here. Oh, yeah. That I'm not used to it. I'm you know, I'm, a, I'm an upstate New York guy. At heart. That's where I was born. Right. So like when it's 100 degrees, like it's it's brutal for me. Yeah. Are you just like <laughs> resting for like 15 minutes between sets or yeah, what? It's, yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. It's like because um, I'm not I'm normally not I'm, I'm a typical powerlifter. I take like big set, you're, big rest anyway. You're eating sandwiches so normally, between sets. Exactly. So I'm, I'm normally not sweating much right. during my training. So that's like a whole new thing. Like just sweating my ass off the whole training session. And then also it's just like your perceived exertion is higher just because the temperature is higher, you're sweating. So it's like, you could have like an easy set. It, let's say it's like a, to give you guys a number, like, let's say it's like, Oh, a six or seven RPE set. Okay. That was, that was pretty easy, but you know, decent. It's like an eight mm-hmm. you know, just because the temperature. So you got to keep, keep that in mind too. Uh, so yeah. It's it's a learning process. I, I hope that I start to adjust to it. Yeah. But I don't know if I have yet. Yeah. I yeah. It'll probably yeah, you'll have to you'll probably regress a little bit and the just because you're yeah, like you said, your relative intensity is is much higher than before. And then also you're not used to the barbells as well. So there's so many variables where you're like, okay, am I just weak? Am I like rusty from the movements? Is it because it's hot as shit out here? Uh you need to get like the like the cold shirt, like a freezing shirt or something, and then like put it around your neck in between sets or something. That, yeah, that's actually a good get, idea. Get your uh, <laughs> get, your, get your little girl to come in there and just like, hey, do you want to like throw water balloons at me in between? Yeah, that'd be sets nice. She'd probably like that too. And I, I know there's actually research on like aerobic exercise on how the, the actual perceived exertion is higher. Like they actually have pretty good research on it. Now with training, normally we don't train in the the climate and the environment. So there's probably not a lot of research on it, but I would, I would be willing to bet that, that you could probably see like a one-to-one correlation of whatever your RPE is normally it's one or two points higher just because of the temperature. Yeah, dude, you know what I had to do during COVID? Cause I didn't, I didn't take the plunge and get, yeah, well, so what are you doing? Also, what, are you just doing home stuff? I live in an apartment. So like, and I'm on the third floor. And so uh, a full on, I there was no garage gym for me to go to. There was nothing. I, I wish I, I have had, a, I, I have a funny story. So go for it. Uh, go for our it. last place, I lived on the third floor and it was when my daughter was, you know, like toddler age, like three, she's turning six now, but she was like three years old. So it was when she was first like getting rambunctious and running around and stuff, the downstairs neighbor, like, oh, he hated us. He would come up and bitch all the time. And like, it, it was hilarious. Cause I was like, dude, what can I do? Like I have, I have a three-year-old. She's like running around. And I think the guy worked from home, which I mean, I do too. Uh, so he was like just constantly hearing it. But I was just thinking like all the people who live in apartments, I could just imagine them doing like burpees on the third floor or something, what their downstairs neighbors are thinking. Boy, do I have stories for you about that. <laughs> yeah, because it's, <laughs> that's exactly what it is, dude. I'm pretty sure like Sasquatch or Bigfoot lives above us because it's just they I don't I really do think it's a dude who's like six three or something. He's just a big guy because I hear him. It sounds like he's stomping across the the ceiling, like obviously on his floor throughout the day. And then also at night, like I'm a night owl and I stay up late because I, I like the feeling. Well, one, I've just never grown out of like my childhood habits, basically, even at 26. Um, but but like I'm like I stay up late because no one else is awake. But the thing is, I still hear this dude at like 2 a.m. walking around and I'm like, bro. And I guess, I mean, the same could be said about me, but I'm actually more conscious about my steps now because of this guy. Uh, but yeah, no, I, it, I, it, that's a hundred percent what it is. And people, they, they work out and stuff. And I know they're doing some type of 
conditioning or like Zumba <laughs> class or something. Cause I just, or jump rope is what it sounds yeah. like. Cause oh, I just hear over and over and over and over and over again. And I'm just like, dude, holy fuck. Like I've got a, I've got to figure, I just, you get the Bose noise canceling headphones on or earplugs or something. And even though you can still feel the vibration of the ceiling about to fall down on your head. Um, but, but yeah, dude, I'm on the third floor. So like a big squat rack or something like a power rack was not, uh, not going to happen. So the best thing that I got was my parents had some old 15 pound dumbbells, a set of 15s. And then I bought some moderate resistance bands and then like heavy resistance bands. And so with those, I could figure out enough to, at least not feel like a complete fat piece of shit while I'm, while I'm just, you know, getting in whatever I can. But I, my motivation was not because you can't, you can't use the typical motivation of, okay, I'm going to make progress. Like I'm going to set PRs. I'm going to, you know, it feels good to go to the gym. And I think that was one of the biggest things that was hard for me and other people. Like the gym is an event. Like you go to the gym, like it's part of your day, part of your routine. And then that flows into the next thing. But like, when your gym is a couple steps into the living room, you know, where you're already mm-hmm. at or like where all, you normally watch Netflix, of course, where you're chilling <laughs> or something. And and it also became uh, my girlfriend is, is here from New York and she's working in my office. I gave her my office because I can I'm more adaptable and, and with noise and things. I'm like, I can work basically anywhere. But now my office is in the living room and then my gym was in the living room and then my dining room table is in the living room. You know what I'm saying? Like I was on my I was on my couch like all day long. And then if I wanted to get in a workout, I just stood up and then did the bands uh, and things. But it what I had to go by um, was more so just feeling I was like, I, I can't I can I can no longer use like actual progression and like, oh, I'm going to, you know, get more push-ups this week than last week or, or, or whatever. Like I couldn't even that, like I use that some with my clients or things as far as setting goals, like small goals like that, you got to do what you can and get creative. But for me, it was just like, I know I'm going to feel better after I do this. Um, and, and I think it was a combination of just like, okay, I'm going to feel better after I do this. And also, the pressure of me as like a walking the walk as like a fitness professional. And I had all these clients are like, it's hard to get motivated. I was like, I've, I've got to like, take my own advice. I've got to actually do something. So yeah, man, I, I, I had to switch things around. I had to get creative, but thank God gyms are open up again. And and now I'm, I'm finally, I'm back in it. You're back at it. Yeah. So when, uh, when you're stuck doing at home, like what did your workouts look like? It was, it was either, for the most part, it was either an upper day or a lower day. That's about, that's about all I could get. Um, and sometimes it would just be like arms and shoulders because that's what I wanted to do. Like, that's what like was the easiest thing for me to do to at least like get moving. Um, and then like, maybe I I did a lot more walks like outside. And I think that's what a lot of other people did. They started to transition to like some type of cardio and conditioning and running outside. Um, Did you, did you try that at all? Like, we're like, I'm going to go run. Yeah. Well, I, well, I didn't run, but I, uh, I, I normally make a pretty good effort to get my steps in just cause I, cause I work from home. So I sit down all day. So I, I try to get, uh, get outside for a couple walks. So I probably did it a little bit more. Um, but I kind of did the same thing as you. I got creative with it. I was doing some upper lowers and then I did some where I'd get the adjustable dumbbells out and just rep out a bunch of shit. But really what was funny, the, probably the best workouts I got when I was just working out in, in the house was, uh, I have a pull-up bar, so I would just do like a rotation of like pull-ups, push-ups, Dude, air squats, exactly. and just like pick like a time, like for 60 minutes. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to pick these three exercises and go for 60 minutes and just see how much I can get done. Yes. Like that type of stuff was probably the most productive just because it was, it was so different. I was like, all right, well, I'll just get a shitload of volume in and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, literally, <laughs> that's literally all you can hope for. You're just like, all right, I'm just going to keep yeah. And again, it was just like, I'm going to try and make myself sweat. And then I was taking basically everything to failure. Cause I was like, all right, this isn't going to matter at all. Cause I'm getting in like three workouts this week total. Um, so, so yeah, no, that's pushups and pull-ups became my best friend. I definitely, I got better at pull-ups. So I, I was going to say, you know, if, if nothing else comes from it, getting better at, at pull-ups or push-ups or handstand push-ups. Actually for me, I started doing pistol squats again, which I haven't done in years. And at first I was like, okay, well, I'm not very good at these anymore. <laughs> I used to be able to do them. Right. Uh, and I was like, okay, so what's the issue? Well, ankle mobility. So I started attacking ankle mobility with the bands and stuff. So that was good. Got my ankle mobility better than I started doing like a 
I, I have like a little stool in my office. I brought that out and I was doing like box pistol squats, did that for a couple of weeks and then took out the box and then just did, started doing them regularly. And now I'm like, well, shit, now I can do pistol squats again. So I should at least keep these in because I feel like it's a good skill just to have. It's almost like it requires so much stability and mobility, ankles and hips, that just being able to do it is probably more beneficial than actually doing it, but being able to do it. So if you can get into a good position to maintain that on a pistol squat, then your back squat positioning is probably better. Your front squat positioning is probably better. Yeah, dude, I, as I've gotten older and and like my my priorities have changed and, and with the gym, like I've had to f- get, again, get even with the gyms open, I have to get more creative um, as far as my motivations go uh, uh, and, and things like that. Like as far as picking different goals and, and, and going by feel, um, it's just like, sometimes you have to set, you have to set these, these different goals that you've never done before. And I think coronavirus did a great job at forcing a lot of people to get out of their norm. Uh, and, and like I saw, you said in one of your posts about this is the first time in like 13 years you were forced to, to take off, but then yeah. like, it's the best you've ever felt. Like this is the exact same thing that happened to me whenever, uh, I went, I went on a trip. This was in 2017. I went on a, a trip to Amsterdam and Germany with some of my buddies and it was like 10 days long and there was no lifting of any sort. And that was the first time since the beginning of my lifting career that I had taken 10 days off from the gym in a row, right? Like, of course, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. you have certain splits, but f- as far as in a row and taking 10 days off, that was the first time I had ever done it. But whenever I got back from that trip, the way that I felt like my, my just, uh, my, my joints and my motivation to get back in the gym was at an all time high. And then it, it wasn't short after that, that like I heard Mike Isertel from, from RP strength talking about like how he recommends like two weeks off at least like once a year or once every two years or something. And then because you just, you just feel so much better whenever you get back in it. And that's what I feel like with coronavirus is just like people are ready to fucking go. Well, I ended up taking about six weeks off from actual barbell lifts, which looking back, yeah, since I started lifting, that was the the longest time I took away from barbell lifts ever since I started. And I don't know, you just accumulate little injuries over the years too. Just like your, especially when you get older too, like your joints don't feel as good. Like like you always got like a little shoulder or a little knee or a little hip or something. And just taking time away from the barbell and just doing body weight stuff where another thing too is when I was training at, at home, like in the house, if anything started to hurt at all, like even because I got a little, you know how we get just like when you're like competitive, it's like shit, then, you, then all of a sudden you start doing like 500 pushups in a day. It's like, what the what the fuck are you doing? So then like my shoulders start to hurt and I'm like, okay, well, I got to back it down. Yes. Because <laughs> like, come on, like I don't want to get hurt doing pushups. So, <laughs> overuse. Uh, you know, yeah. yeah, overuse injury. So it's like, I was just very aware of like making sure my body felt good. I was doing extra mobility, extra soft tissue stuff, extra, just extra stuff that I normally don't do just to make sure my body felt good. And then when I started lifting with barbells again, I was like, damn, I feel like a different person. Mm. You know, also like it's, it's weird how when you're younger, like you don't even have to think about any of that stuff. It's like you all pretty much every day you walk into the gym, you feel like the best you've ever felt. And then as you get older and just, I think partly getting older, like chronologically, like age, but then just your training age too. Like the longer you've been training, the longer you've been lifting heavy, shit accumulates. Yes. You know, it's, did you have any football injuries? You played football, right? Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. I broke, I broke my wrist, um, at one point, but as far as like injuries that have stayed with me over time, I uh, actually, well, I had an injury from, uh, it wasn't from football, but it was from basically lifting with fo- for football. Uh, and it was, I was doing deadlifts and I, f- I fucked up my lower back because I, I was, um, I don't know. I was doing fucking 315 or something, but I was using straps and then my straps was like screwing up or something. So I was like, screw this. I I don't want to use straps anymore. And of course I'm doing double overhand with straps, but then I took the straps off and then did a um, fucking uh, what's mix grip. Yes. That's the word. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I did a mix (laughs) grip. And so of course things are going to change a little bit and I didn't reduce the weight or, or whatever. I just went into my next set. And then as soon as I lifted it up off the ground, it was just, it fucking like I felt the pop uh, or whatever. And so that that's been the, the main injury with me over time, but luckily it's, it's, it's subsided for the most part. Working with people, it seems like even, even myself a little bit, like, it seems like when you play sports, like a lot of those injuries stick with you. Like I, uh, I had like a slight tear in my meniscus from, from wrestling in high school and never got it. You know, it wasn't bad enough for surgery or anything. So it's just like, 
but at the end again, it like sticks with you. It's like all of a sudden, like if once I'm like training for a meet or my training volume gets really high, it's like, oh, my knee gets sore. Yeah. So there's like little things like that that stick with you. Dude, I, I've and and what I was getting back getting at earlier with the like going by feel, it's like as I've gotten older too, because you're not as limber and as athletic as you were whenever you were younger, just by being young. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and you don't have as much overuse, and you haven't gone through uh, as much lifting as you had now at this point. But yeah, I've noticed that like I get more interested in other things as far as whatever, like using, using kettlebells or, or I know that you're different cause you're, you're still in powerlifting heavy and you're still trying to compete and things like that. And you've got to make sure that, um, you know, you're staying, you're staying on top of your shit. But for me, uh, someone more of a has been or whatever, and I've, I'm kind of gotten away <laughs> as much. Uh, it just, it's more about fun for me, fun and feeling good. And, and then that com- what comes with that is, okay, I don't want to just be a meathead or whatever. Like I don't have anything against being a meathead because it's still my default. Don't get me oh, wrong. Of course, yeah. But like 10% like that, what coronavirus forced me to do was like, I kind of want to be a little bit more athletic. Like I want to actually like, you know what actually, what I've talked about it before that coronavirus made me do, it made me more primal. And, and what I mean by that is like, I, it must've following Mark Sisson. <laughs> it wasn't, it's, it's Joe Rogan, dude. It's what it is. Oh, Rogan. Uh, but uh-huh. it's just what, it, what it is, is just like, it may, I don't know if it was like the fear of death, like there was more death around or it was more uh, imminent or, or, or it at least seemed that way. Uh, and so I got very primal as far as just like eating more whole foods and just mo- like movement in general and not just trying to gain more muscle or to get stronger or whatever. I was like, I want to be able to like jump and run and like do like, you know, uh, uh, whatever, just like be ready for anything. Uh, and, and and that just led to just some random, random workouts, different type of um, kind of what it comes to mind is like the on it type workouts and like I didn't don't get me wrong I didn't get any big steel poles with the balls at the end the yeah, mace uh-huh. the, the mace, mace. Yeah. yeah 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 or I wasn't only using a kettlebell throughout my workouts or whatever and do it all like dancing around or whatever uh, but it was more so that in conjunction with my strength training uh, building muscle etc it's just going by like what's going to make me feel good after I do this and that's that's been my motivation uh, throughout the time yeah and you know there's something to be said for that for everybody mm-hmm. like feeling good because when you think about it and this is something i've talked about on my podcast before like everybody has different goals and motivations and those goals and motivations change over time like you used to compete in bodybuilding mm-hmm. when you're competing in bodybuilding you have different goals i compete in powerlifting when i'm competing in powerlifting i have different goals but as we not just get older but different seasons in our life yeah our goals change but one thing i think is always very important that gets put on the back burner if you're competing in something is feeling good when you're in the gym and and more importantly when you're coming out of the gym because when you're training for a sport that's not important like you're not worried about you're not you're actually not going to feel good when you leave the gym like that's that's part of almost like the requirement like if i'm training with the volume and intensity that we need to make progress and to be at our best most likely yeah we want to make sure our recovery is intact and we're not doing more volume than we need but when you're pushing the limit, like you're not going to feel greatly in the gym. You're going to be tired. You're going to be beat up a little bit. Yeah. But most people don't need that. Most people need to go to the gym. It should be an enjoyable part of their life. They should be walking out of the gym feeling better than when they walked in. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's just, I think there's more to fitness than a lot of us fitspos tend to promote, you know? So things like kettlebells and, and moving well and just doing fitness that's not even just all in a gym too. I think that's something that a lot of people recognized with coronaviruses. Oh, you actually can get good workouts in at home or out at the park or, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it's not the same. It's not like bodybuilding or powerlifting training, but you can still get a good workout in. Yeah, of course. And then, of, yeah, if you're if you're outside as well, then it, it makes it it just you just feel even better. Um, but yeah, dude, I saw I saw actually in the so. I, this is going to, this is going to come out. Your new book is, is already going to be out. I I believe by the time this is going to come out in like two weeks, I believe. So I want to, I want to do, I want to actually dive into your, to your book a little bit, but first off, before we get into the book, I saw that the, uh, uh, the dedication page. Oh, you saw the dedication. Have you, have you announced that? Can I say anything about that or yeah, you can say it. Yeah, you can say it. Okay. Yeah. So he, he dedicated the book to his unborn twins, right? Yep. That's mm-hmm. Kyle, Kyle Jr. and Eleanor. 
Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. You got it. That's yeah. beautiful. I, I, I want to talk about it. So this is. Yeah, yeah. You so, already have. You already have one kid, correct? Yeah, I have. I have one daughter. Yeah, she's five, turning six. Amazing. And then, uh, yeah. So that's a whole other thing that's going on with this coronavirus. Like we're dealing with that. And then, so like in a month, uh, my wife is due with twins. Like that was just. Oh my gosh. Craziness. Uh, so yeah, 2020. So like the second half of 2020, I'm hoping is is going to be better than the first half. <laughs> <laughs> right. They'll they'll make it better for sure. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, that's a crazy thing. Um, uh, that's exciting, man. Yeah, that's super exciting. But but yeah, so that was the first thing I saw. I was like, oh shit! Like I didn't even because dude, with with Instagram, I try and keep up with everybody, and you see mm-hmm. certain things. Yeah, it's and, hard to keep up with everybody. Dude, it, it's and I don't like even whenever people are like they don't know anything that I'm talking about or whatever. I was like, dude, it's fine. Like I don't take it personal. It's all well, good. Also, I think I've only really made like one post about it. Because because I I, we, I don't know, just haven't really been there. You go posting about it that's too my much. Excuse. I'll use that, but yeah. but yeah, no, I saw that. I was like, oh shit! Like that's that's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then so the book, yeah, explain the the title, and then like why did you make this book in the first place? Yeah. So ironically, now this book, I think a lot of people are going to pick it up and they'll be like, oh man, like Kyle, he capitalized on the time. Like man, he just <laughs> right. put out this book. Like, but this book was like in the process, like I was done writing it before coronavirus even started. Mm -hmm. But I will say like our, our marketing of it may change a little bit just due to the times, but the content of the book was, I I planned this last year. So to kind of give everyone a little bit of feedback. So last year I came out with body Link beginners, which was my first book. And it was the book that I wish I had when I first started, it was, you know, pretty much like just the basics, like what you need, if your goal is to build muscle, lose fat, you know, bodybuilding, but not competitive bodybuilding, right. essentially. Right. And it did really, really well. Like Target picked it up. It was like in every Target location, which is crazy to me. Yeah, like a, it's a, awesome. a bodybuilding book in Target. Like, I mean, come on, that was, it was weird It's great uh, to see it at Target. And so that did really good. But one of the biggest things that I wanted to address next was a lot of people, when they first start lifting weights, don't necessarily want to go and join a gym. You know, in, in the bodybuilding book, like, hey, if you want to do bodybuilding, you, your, your best bet is to join a, join a gym. So that book was to do the program, you have to be a, a part of a gym. Right. But I was like, okay, how can we do a strength training book, a, a book more dedicated to strength, but that can be done easily at home? And I also looked at what's available. I'm like, there's a lot of strength books that pretty much only deal with with barbells. So the, the big ones, starting strength. I mean, Ripatoa sold, I don't know, maybe even like a million copies, at least a half a million copies Crazy of that book. Amount. Super popular. One of the one of, if not the most popular, like barbell training books, right up there with five three one. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a barbell strength book. So I was thinking, okay, is there a or is there a way that we can come up with a strength book, a, a book dedicated to strength? but talks about relative strength. So body weight training, right? So can you get, can you get strong? Cause people think strong and you think like absolute strength, but there's, there's many different ways to define strength. Can you get strong with body weight stuff? And what about if you have just some dumbbells and an adjustable bench at home, can you get strong just using dumbbells and adjustable bench? And then what about if you only have a barbell and a squat rack, like a, a typical garage gym, right? How can you train with just that equipment? So that was the book. The book's dedicated to people who train at home but want to get strong. Wow. So it's like dude, the timing, yeah. The timing. I mean you I, I, honestly, if if I could have pushed it up a couple months, it would have been even better, but uh crazy that it's coming out now. I was just saying when coronavirus hit, you're probably like, okay, this has got to be expedited immediately. Yeah, I was like, let's hurry up. Let's hurry. <laughs> Actually, we, we pretty much did. Like we were like, okay, how how fast? Because I finished writing like in February, like right before everything happened. Mm-hmm. And uh and then we were like editing it as everything was going on. And I was like, shit, how, like, how fast can we get this book out? Because, you know, I, I really, I, I, it seems like, oh, he wants to capitalize on get everyone to, to buy the book. But it's more just, I wanted to get this information out there to people. Of course. Because you, know? you see all the bullshit that's getting posted on, on social media. It's like, in my head, I'm like, I, I literally wrote a book that explains how to do this correctly. Right. Like, I wish you guys had this right now, you know, instead of following whoever on Instagram and doing Bullshit stuff. Right, right. Of course. It, but what I think will be, you will be able to capitalize it from from a certain standpoint because a lot of people did buy home gyms. <laughs> like I had, yeah. I had several clients who got dumbbells yep. and an adjustable bench and and maybe a squat rack even. And I was like, hey, more power to you because now you've got a home gym. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, and and ideally that was what was in my head when because you know I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people over the years, and one of the issues that a lot of people have if they do work out at home with just minimal equipment is how do they transition like a normal program 
to stuff at home. Cause if you look at most programs, it's like, Oh, you got like, like extensions and cable flies oh, and yeah. all, all that good exercises, but not necessary exercises. Like sure. you can definitely have a good program without those, but people get confused. Like, okay, what can we do instead of, you know, this machine or that cable exercise? And you know, that was the thing when I was writing this book, like, okay, I want everything to be able to be done in your typical garage gym. So there's nothing in the book that would be like, you got to go out and buy some fancy equipment. It's like everything is like a barbell, dumbbell, squat rack. Like that's all you need. Right, right. And you actually include a legit like 12-week program in in the yep. book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, with all my books, even like the, the books that I get published, like, you know, that's distributed everywhere but, or eBooks or whatever. I feel like, you know, sometimes, especially in like the evidence-based community, we get scared for giving out like prescriptions because it's, because every answer is, it depends. You know what I mean? Like everything has to be like, well, well, how could I give a program if I don't know everything, every detail about the person, which, you know, when you work with people one-on-one, yeah, you want to give a custom program. You do need to know a lot of details, but I feel like it's important to, when if someone's going to invest in a book or a product, like give them something tangible, give them something they can actually put to use, like an actual program that if you buy the book or you buy a program, you can do day one and it tells you just cookie cutter a little bit. Like, Hey, just, I gave you all the information. Here's how you can actually adapt it to your needs. Like there's different progressions and regressions and it teaches you how to, what exercises to select and make it fit you, but you have a program to follow. So it will take you from day one to, to at, at the end of week 12 and you've completed the program, and then obviously, if you did the work, you'll get the results, dude. It's kind of like it's kind of like uh, uh, I 100% agree, but it's it's kind of like hiding the the, the medicine and the applesauce or whatever, and, and giving it to them because here's the thing: they're gonna they're they're gonna go and get a prescription from someone else, and that's probably not as smart and as experienced as you are in in strength training. So it's just like if they're gonna go and look for that 12 week program from someone anyway, it's like they might as well get one that's pretty damn good. Sure. It's not fully optimized and customized to this individual, but for the most part, they're going to get pretty damn good results. If they start with day one and go through the entire 12 week program. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's you give them a little bit of what they need and what they want at the same time. Yes. Yes. I, I, and I, I think that there's so much, uh, that's what I've actually tried to Taylor, it kind of just happened naturally. I've, that's what I've tried to, uh, uh, because everyone talks about like simple fitness or whatever and simplifying everything, like these complex topics down and things. Uh, and I, I feel like that's what I've tried to do, except most of the shit that I talk about, like on Instagram or things like that, like it starts from other things that I read about that aren't related to fitness. And and I think that that's where some of my, uh, and this is completely me blowing myself right now. Uh, but it's just like, it's literally just like, I, 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 it's lateral thinking from these other subjects that I learn about. And I'm like, okay, I'm learning about this, whatever it's, if it's about emotions or, uh, sometimes like controlling, your thoughts and emotions and how you feel and how you perceive things and how you perceive yourself. And then how can I take that and then filter that into the funnel of fitness? Right. And, and so that's, that's kind of how I, how I uh, approach things. And I feel like with, with your book and things, you're, you're, you, you, cause you're, cause it's, it's strength training for beginners, right? Like that's, that's the title and things. But the thing is, is like the principles and everything that you've learned, you can condense it down into, uh, you know, an applicable, uh, a 12 week program that, that people can follow and also get great results with. So I, I think it's just, it, it's, it takes us, it takes a person with that vast knowledge and things to be able to, uh, I think dumbing it down, but simplifying it is, is the correct word to, to, yeah, no, for the absolutely. everyday person. You actually, you, yeah, you, uh, you put that perfectly because that's something I thought a lot about when, because so when I came up with bodybuilding for beginners and this one's strength training for beginners, a lot of people who follow my podcast and have followed my content and our articles and stuff over the years, like, oh, you, you tend to write a little bit more advanced stuff typically. And one of the things that I really want to do with this is I was like, okay, a lot of people are are looking for advanced content, but they really need the principles. Yeah. And I feel like these books, it, it really, it, it's funny because when I wrote the first one, a lot of people asked me, they were like, how long did it take you to write it? And what they meant was like, how long did it physically take me to type out the the words and everything? And I was like, okay, well, it took me a few months to to type the book. I go, but but really, the answer here is, it took me fifteen years right. to write this book. Yeah, because 
all the all the articles I read, all the books I read, went to school and certifications and hundreds of clients, like everything I did got boiled down into these books. And just think of all the stuff that's been left out. But it took all that experience to know what to leave out. Yes. And if I had to write this book five years ago, it would look completely different. And 10 years ago, it would have looked dramatically different. 10 years ago, when I was, I'm 28 now, so 18, I thought I knew everything about fitness. Like I started early. So I, I, so I was like 12 or 13, just became obsessed with, with training and I was reading all, you know, everything I get my hands on. Right. So by the time I was like 18 or 19, I was like, shit, I know this. I, I, like, I, I have this information down. Of course. But it, it, I mean, obviously it's like you Dunning-Kruger effect. Like you, when you only have a little bit of information, you think you have a lot more than you actually do. And then over the years, it you, you just understand what's really important. And I think in, in fitness, there's, a, there's an issue, I'm sure most industries, but the more knowledge you have when you put out stuff, one of two things happens. One, you recognize how much information you have and you become good at recognizing what's important so you can filter it for people. But then the other issue that you have is you have all this information. So you want to almost prove it to other people. Like I almost want to like prove, like if I'm putting out a book, I'm like, man, I, I, I know Matt's going to read this. Sure. He's my colleague. I want to make sure he knows <laughs> yeah. how much I know, <laughs> yeah. you know? And to be completely honest, that was the biggest issue I had with the first book mm. because I wanted it to be like three times as long because I was like, bodybuilding for beginners, like there's so much everyone needs to know. And then actually, I think that was probably the best thing that helped that I was working with an actual publisher because my editor was like, hey, it can't be 300 pages. Like that's not the book we want to put out. And that's not the book that you want to write. Like we've went through what you want to come up with. Like you say you want a book for beginners, but you want to put way too much stuff. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. Half this doesn't need to be in here. Let's, you know, let's work to get this even, you know, boiled down even, even further. So then with this book, Strength Training for Beginners, I started out like, okay, I know what I have to do here. Let me start out with the big funnel. Let me all the, let's put out everything on the table, like every piece of information we need, and then just eliminate anything, cut out all the fat, yeah, all the fat, and then boil it down to only what they need to know. Yeah, dude, 80% of people, they're just going to be just just tell me what I need to do, dude. I don't care about the science behind it. I don't care about this. And the the thing is, like with with the people that, that I work with, of course, if you're working with the, the example that I always use is like Steve Hall, right? When, and with Revive Stronger, he works with competitive athletes. Uh, he, he works with uh, um, bodybuilders uh, mostly. And it's just like, they need the optimal of the optimal. They need the most advanced methods and, and things like that. Right. But for the people that I work with more so the, the uh, intermediate people, that's typically who I work with. They don't need that extra 5% or, or whatever. What they need is me constantly reminding them of the shit that works, right? It yeah. just a, the basics, the a principles. constant reminder of doing the boring shit that works over and over and over. It's just like, there's the path, like there's most things that like, for the most part with, with things that we've learned about, there's, there's some big rocks, right? As, as far as strength training goes, bodybuilding, uh, nutrition, things like that. Like you should probably eat whole foods, eat some fruits and vegetables, eat some, some protein, uh, um, you know, uh, getting seven, getting seven to eight hours of sleep. These, these basics that we know give us 80% of the, the results that we're looking for. It's like, all I'm trying to do is just making sure that people do that consistently. And, and that's, that's, that's what I have to just keep reminding them in different ways. It's kind of like with, with Jordan, Jordan Syatt and, and Carter Good, how they, they kind of talk to the everyday person, right? Uh, even, even more beginners. And it, they don't say, like to us at least, they don't say anything groundbreaking. Like they like Jordan Syatt fucking buries calorie deficit, like down people's yeah. throats uh -huh. over and over yep. and over again. But that's, that's what people need because they, they get lost in all of the nonsense and, and, and so I think it's it's good to have someone who is the expert in that field to put something like this all in a uh, condensed book that is updated to 2020, right? Yep. That also includes, hey, here's the prescription. Here's just, if you don't fucking read anything else in the book, just do the 12-week program and you'll probably get pretty good results. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing I love about books is books are, are still an amazing value. Oh, like, yeah. think about this. There's nothing you're going to spend your money on that's more valuable than a book. I mean, they're under $20. Yes. You know, yeah. and you get 
all the information. Then you get a program too that to, to follow. Like you can't, you Dude, can't you beat the value. You could have sold that twelve week program for forty seven dollars for sure. Oh, like easily. if you marketed certain yeah. ways and things. Oh, easily. Yeah. yeah. Most people, a lot of people do. Oh, uh, of course. Yeah, and you know, it's when you kind of piggybacking off, off what you said. You, you start with a term like strength training, and it's it's so broad that. I think it's really important, especially in this day and age, because there is so much information available. Like we, we don't, there's, there's no lack of information. At, at, at one time, that was the issue. That was like the limiting factor for people. They just right. didn't know what to do. Right. And they didn't have means to find the information. Now it's the exact opposite. Like there's so much information that I think that the value is actually in having somebody go through all the bullshit, like take the guesswork out of it. Like, so that's what we do. Our job is to look at all the research, stay up to date, use all our information, all our background to filter the bullshit. So then what we package is the final product that you, the consumer, just take and be like, okay, well, hey, I'm going to read through this 200-page book. I'm going to learn all the basics I need, all the things that are important. There's going to be nothing in there that you don't need to know, you know, because why why waste your time? Like everything is just you need to what you need to know is in there. Right. Gonna spend a lot of time on the exercises. Kevin Salt Melts that when I first started, I don't know about you, but I didn't put enough time into optimizing my movements. Yes. Like actually like breaking it down on the reps, like the actual reps. Because I just didn't think about it. I just overlooked the I just thought it was like, okay, I know how to do an exercise. Mm-hmm. I know how to do this movement. Like it's not that big of a deal. Like yeah, I might go, might, it might look a little sloppy, but I'm probably getting there. Yeah. But then what you realize is probably the best thing that people can do is just learn how to optimize their movement, optimize the individual rep, make the rep, go through a full range of motion, control the weight, actually make sure that the exercise you're doing is targeting the area that you want it to target. So I spent a lot of time going through breaking down every single exercise in the book. That, that's the other thing. Like every exercise in the book is completely broken down into a, a lot of detail. So you know exactly what you're doing. Like, you know, exactly if you're doing the exercise, you can flip in and say, okay, this is, these are the things I need to look out for. Here's the tips. Here's some things that commonly get wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like you said, the, the program itself sets reps, do this exercise. Like, I, I think that that can get you so far, but, but making sure that you're doing the exercise correctly, the, the amount of, the, 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 the domino effect of doing correct form, because you, you, you do the correct form and it's going to be safer. You're going to get stronger more. You're going to get stronger more quickly. You're going to build muscle more quickly. You're going to be more flexible as a result, because you're taking things through a full range of motion. It's just like the simple, the, 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 the simple fact of doing the exercise correctly and the domino effect that happens after that of all the benefits that it gets. Like, I think that that is primary. That's why I think it's great with people, um, you know, like Austin current or, or, or people with physique development and, and, um, uh, in one, I, I don't know if you know, in one and them, their education, but the, it's just, it's all about exercise technique and just making sure that you're doing what you're trying to do. Like you're, 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 you're putting the tension where it needs to go, or you're doing the yep. movement, the way it's, it, the movement is optimally performed, you know, with the bench press driving through your legs, like mm-hmm. you do it for a reason. It's to produce yep. the most force possible. Like there's a reason yep. behind the shit that we're telling you. Uh, and it's just like, it, and I think that that's where ego and, 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 and things like that can get in the way so much is, is that ego is the number one detriment behind not getting the results you want, because it's just, you know, you can't, but whenever you give that up, then you can perform the the exercise with the weight that you're supposed to be using. You can perform the exercise the way, uh, with the technique that you're supposed to be using, uh, and, and, and so on and so forth. But yeah, man, I, I think that that's great. Well, over the years I found when I'm working with clients that you know, of course we, we, there's a lot of different things that we can improve as coaches, but I think improving, actually doing like technique analysis and getting people to, to do the exercises better and improve their technique is probably the, the biggest impact we'll have long-term, you know, because again, going back to that idea of just optimizing the rep, like most people just overlook the rep and it's, you know, that, that can have a big impact if you just get start there. I mean, that's the most elemental thing we're doing the first rep of an exercise right you know the the actual rep like make sure we get those reps 
correct. Right, right. Dude, one of my one of my favorite quotes, uh, and it was talking about where it was, I was thinking about it whenever you said the, the the there's so much information out there, we're trying to filter it. Uh uh, whatever. Derek Sivers, right? Uh the author and entrepreneur, etc. But he said if 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 more information was the answer, we'd all be billionaires with six pack abs. Right. Oh, of like, course. That yeah. it, and it just it whenever I heard that, I was like, of course, like because the 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 nutrition information, the the business information, every like information is out there. It's 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 the the behavior change and the uh, uh, you know sustainability of that behavior change over time. That's uh, the uh, how applicable it is. How that information is is that's that's the difficult part. Getting us to actually do it consistently over time. That's that's what's so tough. Yeah, having getting the point across as simple as that sounds, but just getting the point across. And sometimes it's, it's coaching. Sometimes it's just reading the words. Sometimes you just read the words a different way and you're like, Oh, I get it. You might've been told that that one piece of information 10 times. Mm -hmm. It's the 10th time. You're like, Oh, I got it now. Well, it's almost like marketing. Like people very rarely buy something the first time they're exposed to it. Mm. A lot of times they need to be exposed to it five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10 times before they're like, oh, they recognize it, then they buy it. Yeah. Like you've seen that item 10 times. It, it might even have been in your Amazon wish list for six months. Then you a pop-up ad or something catches your eye. Instagram ad, because you said it. You yeah. said it out loud. Exactly. Yep. You just you bought it. You <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> yeah. Dude, that's that's a hundred percent what it is. Uh dude, what do, do you listen to music or podcasts while you lift? So what I normally do is when I'm warming up, I'll listen to podcast or an audiobook. And then once I get into my workout, I'll switch over to music. Dude, I've done <laughs> that before too. It's kind of like a ramp up, basically. Yeah, it is. It actually is like a, a mental ramp up. And yeah. A lot of times when I'm warming up, I actually don't even want music on because I almost like get too into like mental state. Like one of the things you'll notice if you go to powerlifting meets is one of the most important things in between attempts. Is actually to calm down yeah. because the the atmosphere is so intense yeah. that if you stay connected, like mentally engaged into that atmosphere, but halfway through, you're going to be burnt out. Like you're done. Like, you know what I mean? Right. You're completely done. So like you only really want to be intense when you need to be intense. It's like, how quick can I go from hit my last attempt to squat, super pumped up, get off the platform and calm down because you're going to have an hour before you're benching or half hour, four or five minutes or whatever. How can I calm down, get a snack, relax, get outside, you know, put headphones on, listen to an audiobook or listen to a podcast or something, calm down. And then once it's time to warm up for the next exercise, okay, now let's put me, you know, so that's kind of where I got the idea from is that powerlifting meets. Cause I would notice that I would go to watch or go to a client or go to coach a client at a powerlifting meet. And by the end of the day, I was like, it, it felt like I competed. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Like I'm completely physically exhausted right now. And I, co I coached one client. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, so it wasn't even like I was running around coaching everybody. I was like, I, I was like, I coached one client. And you like, weren't even lifting. Like, yeah, I didn't lift. <laughs> yeah. Coached one client, hung out most of the time, talking to people. But the atmosphere, everyone's so intense. Like I was at like a nine all day long. Right. Uh, so I was like, I, I got thinking, okay, so in between attempts, like I really need to calm down. I can't even be listening to music I like and, you know, whatever. To, I, I have to like, like escape it. So I'm like, okay, well, let me listen to a podcast. So that helped. And then I was like, okay, well, kind of the same idea when we're training. Like, we don't want to walk right into the gym and be at like a 10 right off the bat. Sure. You know? So I'm like, okay, take the same idea, listen to like an audiobook. Yeah. Or Dude, normally, yeah. Normally, I, I like podcasts a little bit more than, than audiobooks only because if I'm listening to an audiobook, I want to like get the information. Like I'm more, more strict with myself yeah. to listen to it, you know? And sometimes when I'm listening to a podcast, when I'm warming up, it's, I'm, I almost like accept that I might not listen to every word. Dude, it's, it's fucking banter. It's what we're doing right now. Like the, the, exactly. the odds of somebody yeah. li like actually sitting down, just staring at their phone, like listening to us do this podcast or whatever. It's just, it's not, it's not like to actually get something to write it down or, or whatever. Like with an audiobook, Yeah. You're, you're paying for, the information for the most part. And then like with the, with podcasts, it's more just banter. There's people in the background talking, you're a fly on the wall. You might catch a little gold nugget here or there. Right. But with the exactly. audio book, with the mm -hmm. audio book, it's more of a, it's a story. It's a fucking story. Yep. It's a book. Right. And mm -hmm. so it, it links together, but with podcasts, 
for some podcasts, it's more choppy and like you can you can get a piece here and there. If he said that one thing, it's like, oh, I really like that sentence. That was really good. But you you can just get that one sentence and not need to even know what the entire podcast was about. Right. Exactly. And 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 the reason why I asked that uh, random question was because whenever we were talking about technique and, and uh, exercise execution, basically, uh, one of the things I used to do whenever I was uh doing the main lifts more often. I was deadlifting more often. I was squatting more often. There was a period of time where I actually wore earplugs while I was doing the the main lifts. And it was a very weird Zen-like thing because this was in my college gym. So this was at the university gym in, in Kentucky. And um, there's people everywhere. And then you're on the deadlift platform and then you have your earplugs in and you know, it's just, there's there's a low murmur kind of in the background, like little things like here and there. But for the most part, it's like silent and, and you're just, you're one with the bar. You can feel whenever you wrap your fingers around the knurling, you start to grip it. You, you know, you feel your hips in place. You can feel the floor beneath your feet. You know what I'm saying? You can get the, you can take your breath and then all of a sudden you you fucking go down and then you deadlift and just, it's such a, it's such a fluid feeling. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's, that's why, I, because I, I was listening to someone, a podcast the other day, and he was like, you know what I actually do? He's like, I don't listen to any music or podcasts anymore during the gym. Uh, and it was it was, it was was part of just being more mindful, but he was like, it, it's really a beautiful thing whenever you feel your body working. And I think that whenever you're in the gym, it can be so easy to kind of lose yourself in the moment, in the hype, in the music, in the podcast, whatever it is. And especially whenever you're trying to build muscle mass, whenever you're you're trying to make sure that the tension, well, even with powerlifting too, you go through the mental cues in your head and making sure that everything's fluid, uh, right? But it's just, there's a different type of uh, proprioception, basically. So the feeling your body in different areas, whenever it's completely just you and your body and you're just, you you feel the weights in your hands, you feel your muscle shortening and, and stretching, uh, uh, shortening and lengthening and just, it's a different sensation than, okay, I'm going to, what, what bugs me the most is whenever I see, it's like dudes and, and women do this too, but mostly dudes. They're like rushing through their set. They're like, they're trying to get the set done as quickly as possible. They're jerking the, mo like the motion is jerking. It goes back to the rep. Like you, you, you want to dominate that rep. Yeah. And it's just, it's something that people don't. And, and I think that what it would, the whole point is what I'm saying is that if people didn't listen to anything and they simply focused on they're doing a bicep curl. So they're fully lengthening that bicep at the bottom and then fully shortening it at the top. Like, right. Like they're just, they're doing that. Like it's that simple motion. Um, but then actually feeling it like I, you're probably going to perform better, like perform the technique better than if you were hyped up on some music and you're just trying fuck. Yeah, fucking, you know what I'm saying? Just up and down, using momentum. You're using your shoulders, you're using your low back, and it's just like, what are you, what are you really doing? Are you, are you trying to gain strength and and build muscle? Or are you just trying to like get this short euphoric moment from being really hyped up, and you're actually not achieving the goal that you're after, right? Yeah. Well, I think part of that is putting in the earplugs would be like taking away one sense. Yes. So, something I recommend to people is kind of the same idea, but not looking at yourself in the mirror. So mm. just always facing away from the mirror. So if you're deadlifting yes. in a platform, face away from the mirror. In a squat rack, turn around, face away from the mirror. Because the same idea, take away your sight. So now you have to feel the the movement. You have to feel your positioning. And at first, yeah, it's going to be tricky. You know what I mean? You'll probably be looking at yourself. Oh, I want to see how where my feet are at, my hips are at and stuff. At first, it'll be tricky. But then once you get more comf comfortable with it, You'll start to like the other your your sense of feel mm -hmm. of where your body is and how it's moving through space will become more aware to you. And also, when you if you compete in powerlifting, it's something you have to do anyway because at a meet you don't have a mirror. So of course, um, but I just think anybody, even if you're a bodybuilder, just training for whatever, I think it's a good idea to not lift when you're watching yourself in a mirror. So it just it's taken away one of those senses, even on like a dumbbell curl or something. Like don't don't like stand right in front of the the mirror. Of course, yeah, we want to see the pump. Of course we do. But at least maybe like two sets, two out of three sets or something. Like don't look at yourself in the mirror. Sure, I think you'll feel you'll feel the exercise better. Yes, yeah, baby steps. You got to slowly take take it away. Uh, but yeah, dude, I I, I think that that's that there's something there's something to be said there for for removing removing that crutch of 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 that but but yeah i i i just i feel like people are going you would perform the exercise better if you aren't uh you know so hyped up it's just remembering 
what you're trying to actually achieve with with that movement, right? Yeah. Another thing is, if you if you really think about it, do you really need to be at a 10 throughout your whole workout? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm talking like super hyped because we've all seen people in the gym. Like I actually, are, here's a good question. How, how intense are you in the gym? Cause I'm actually not very, like, I'm not an no. intense lifter, even like at meets. Like I'm not like if, if I have to get to like a nine or a 10, like it's my performance is going to suffer. Dude. Like some people need it. I don't like, I, I actually make a conscious effort not to get too pumped up. Like even during PR sets, like I, I don't want to get to a 10 cause then my technique goes to shit. So I want to be at like a eight, you know, but that's on tough sets. And that's knowing me and my personality where I need to be to perform optimally. But if I'm doing like my just working sets or doing like a dumbbell side raise or something, like I don't need to be at a 10. I should be at like a six probably or a seven. You know what I mean? Right. Like overall intensity and, and, uh, you know, for mental state. Because there's a, there's a certain threshold where more intensity is not better. It's actually, it's actually getting you further away from the goal that you're trying to accomplish, right? Like if you're trying to do side laterals, you're trying to whatever, put tension on your, your, uh, uh, your middle delt, basically. Uh, it's like, if you're constant, if you're swinging, you're super hyped up, you're trying to use the most weight possible. Well, it's like, then you're going to, the target muscles aren't going to be targeted. You're going to get it in other areas. So then it's just like more intensity is definitely not better there. There's a, there's diminishing returns with the amount of intensity uh that you can use uh but the something the thing that i blanked on earlier when it, it fucking happens sometimes when you're podcasting oh, you're yeah, thinking about something so i've got to write it down <laughs> but what uh-huh. i was saying is you can tell even just watching videos of people on instagram or seeing them in person like you can tell the people who have spent a lot of time perfecting their technique versus the people who are just maybe they're lifting a decent amount of weight too, but it's just like it's jerky. It's like the dude who's bench pressing and then he shakes it whenever it comes up yep. or whatever. He's uh, at the top. Yeah, he's benching <laughs> yep. a decent amount, but he's fucking shaking it. And then you know, like there's just a lot of excess you movement. You shouldn't you shouldn't hear the plates against the collars when you're bench pressing. No, no, no. <laughs> that little click, you shouldn't hear that. You just you can tell <laughs> when someone is fluid and really like whenever I see a dude doing a really good like uh dumbbell row or like a chest supported row or something, I was like, oh, like I can Whenever you watch experienced lifters, and this goes for like Steve Hall or uh, Mike Isertel or whatever, you see the concentration and focus. You're like, I bet his back is fucking really feeling it right now. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Versus uh-huh. the guy who's just, you know, jerking the weight it's around. Always, it's always back. Yes. It's always back. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> you don't watch people do barbell rows. Yes. It's like, oh my God. That's, that's honestly, yeah. You, you do... If somebody you watch somebody do a lat pull down and then some type of row, and that that's going to tell me almost everything that I need to know about everything you need to know about how them. experienced of a lifter they are and how yep. they actually know what the fuck they're doing. So <laughs> funny story. So back in the day, I used to love the old school like bodybuilding DVDs. Mm. Like that's that's how you know you're old school when you used <laughs> to you order the you used to order the DVDs out of Flex magazine. Uh, but Mark Dugdale had one where he went over to England and trained with Dorian Yates. Mm. And uh, like the first workout was a back workout. And Dorian's like known for his back, known for the way he did barbell rows. And I'm, I, this is probably the, it's funny how like, I mean, you can read all the research and all the stuff you want and all like the scientific papers and, and get all the, the quality information. And sometimes it sticks, sometimes it doesn't, but sometimes just watching a DVD when you're 17, like is everything you need to know about a specific exercise. But so in the beginning of the workout, they're doing a back workout and, and Dorian asked them is they were doing barbell rows. He's like, how much weight do you normally use? Mm. And Mark Dugdale was like, I don't know, like 405, 455. And Dorian's like, there's no fucking way you're using 405. Of course. He's like, let's start with like 225 and that'll probably be enough. And it just it stuck with me. Cause then like he did like a couple reps and he's like, yeah, you need to, you need to control this way. You got to slow down. Like it was just like, okay. So if, if he's telling, if, if Dorian is telling a pro bodybuilder, <laughs> yeah, like an IFBB pro bodybuilder, dude, yeah. this huge dude, obviously he knows how to train, of course, but even, even he was doing the exercise suboptimally, right. you know? So it's like, okay, if, if, if a pro bodybuilder can get a little too carried away with not using perfect technique on a barbell row, mm-hmm anybody can yeah so that's it was just it always stuck to me every time i grab a barbell i'd be like okay well dorian's saying like you can't use this you shouldn't be using that as much weight as you think you should so let's make sure i'm controlling this dude that's one of the probably the most valuable things you probably could have learned from a young age is to actually focus on the tech i think that that's that's what ended up happening uh with me as well i was just trying to make sure 
because I think something clicked early on that if my form was better, I would get the result that I was after more quickly, right? Because if you're if you're going for strength, like being in a more uh, um, stable position in the squat or the bench or the deadlift, you're going to be able to produce more force. Like it's just, it's how it is. And the same thing goes with, with bodybuilding. Like if you're able to uh, take the muscle through the full range of motion and it, it fe- you can feel it properly or whatever, and then you're, you're reducing your risk of injury. It's like, that is what I'm trying to do. But I think that that comes with, you have to try and put your, and I'm not saying, trust me, my ego has gotten to me plenty of times. Oh, of course. However, mm-hmm. I think that I've always put the technique and stuff for the most part in front of that. And I think I'm thankful for that for sure. Yeah. I think think another, another like pivotal experience I had was, I don't know, this was like when I was in college, I think it was something that Kelly Starrett said, he was talking, do maybe one of his mobility wide videos or something. And he would, he just said something very basic. Probably I heard it a hundred times, but just for whatever reason it clicked, he was like, good, good positioning. The reason you're doing good positioning is for performance. Yeah. He's like, it's not, he's like, yeah, good positioning you're, you're not going to get hurt but that's not what it's about it's about performance like that's that's what it's about and i'm like oh he's right like you can perform if you're in a good position you perform better like you, you think that you're doing like a, a shitty technique to it's like oh well i'm going to use this shitty technique because it allows me to lift more weight well yes and no like yeah sometimes on like a maximal attempt like maybe your technique won't be 100 percent Sure. textbook but really sometimes the, what really is textbook technique i mean everyone has their own best movement but um, for the most part efficiency of movement is going to be how you perform best like whenever you're not efficient in anything it's om- it, you're like you're fighting yourself like if you're moving the bar inefficiently somebody else can use less muscle to move the same amount of weight. Like that's, I mean, that's why strength, there is a huge neural component to strength, because it's a skill, like getting better at the skill is better at your movement quality, move better efficiency. You can lift more weight just by the quality of the movement. I mean, that's really what we're talking about. Yeah. Grooving that pattern over time is, is so, and making sure that pattern is as close to the same pattern each time. And ideally the, the, the pattern would be the same, but it would also put you in the optimal position to lift the most weight, right? Like, and you just groove it over and over and over and over again, instead of, because whenever you're erratic with your movement and, and one rep looks different than the next rep, like on, on average, right? Most of the time your reps aren't looking the same, then you're not grooving that same pattern. You're grooving a pattern. That's a few, whatever degrees to the left or to the right. And it's just, you're, you're, you're not grooving that same pattern. So you're not going to be able to progress as quickly as you could. Well, another thing that I talk about a lot is you want to make your warm up sets. Like that's just more yeah. practice. Yes. You want to make your warm up sets look identical to your working sets. And this actually goes against what sometimes people recommend because they'll say, like the idea of compensatory acceleration, like you always want to put as much force into the bar as possible, mm. which is true. But I see where people get into trouble is in their warm up sets. Like I'll see people like warming up on, for the bench or warming up for the deadlift, and they'll just like move the bar like ridiculously fast, which is like, okay, that's impressive. But in the process of moving the bar ridiculously fast, like it's, it looked almost nothing like their actual bench technique or deadlift technique. Like the movement patterns, like all different, they're like flailing themselves around. It's like, all right, well, I see what you're trying to do, but how about we we tone it down and just <laughs> move the bar in the same exact speed that we're going to move the our working sets, right? Like the same movement pattern, like it's because it's more practice. Like you're not going to be able to bench and just like throw the bar, yeah. Like with or they slam their hips in the deadlift it. and then they throw the bar, yeah. like it comes out, it, like it, it comes literally out, yeah. comes out, like in front yeah, of the, in front hit, of their body with their hips so damn hard. It's like a foot in front of their body. Like you're not going to do that with weight on there. Let's, like, let's, let's relax. Let's freaking yeah. relax a little bit. Bring it down a notch. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's so true. Oh shit. Um, that's funny though. I laugh. That's good. That's good. I think that's a, that's a nice little place to, uh, to, to wrap this up. This is honestly, what's going to be funny is this is probably the most I've ever talked about fitness on this podcast, but it, oh, cool. it so came you, off it, what, supernatural. Like I, I enjoyed it a hundred percent. It's, it's more than fitness, but today it's all about fitness. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, there was a little very, variations throughout but no man it was it was great it's always it's always good talking to you dude yeah it's it's always it's always good to catch up like i always like using the podcast as a way to to catch up with people but it's it's funny like sometimes we end up talking all about fitness and sometimes you don't absolutely that's kind of what i do with my podcast too like it's yeah it's a fitness podcast and sometimes i'm like man maybe maybe i messed up calling it the absolute strength podcast because i mean even if 
I mean, if people listen, like I've talked to a lot of people who don't have anything to do with fitness, but I mean, for the most part, it is a fitness podcast. But then again, I, n- I never wanted to be limited to that. Yeah. Uh, because shit, dude, there's more to, there's yeah. more to life. <laughs> there's more than fitness. Yeah, there's more than fitness. <laughs> it, I think you got the naming down. You got the name. Right. I, I tried to, I tried to give myself some leeway cause I knew I wouldn't talk just about fitness, but I think it's just like the people who fuck with you, they fuck with you. It doesn't matter if your name is Google, if your name is absolute strength, it just doesn't matter. Like if they're with you, they're with you. And then the people that are newly discovering you or whatever, they, you're, you have some fitness stuff on there. So they're like, oh, okay, exactly. this is great. So it's just yeah. like absolute strength. Pod- I, I could give a shit what it's called. It's yeah. like, it's fine. Well, and, and at this point, it's like, man, I feel like absolute strength almost like became like a second brand mm. for me. Uh, got you got it. like fitness, then you got like the absolute strength side. So got it. it's almost, it kind of almost became more than, because I mean, absolute strength has a definition, but right. as a name, it's almost taking on a different meaning. Like it's, that's just what, that's just the name. Yeah. What's a name? Yeah. What's a name anyway? I get it, man. We're going to, I want to, I want to talk to you a second off air too about this, but real quick, where, uh, where can, where can people find out more about you and where can they buy the new book? Yeah. So the book is available pretty much anywhere books are sold, but the big one's Amazon. I mean, most books are, are bought on Amazon and you can't, you can't beat Amazon. I mean, you can't beat it. So the book, the book's anywhere, but I would, you know, Amazon's the, the spot. And then for me, the website's kylehuntfitness.com. The podcast is, like we said, the Absolute Strength Podcast. And follow me at, at Hunt Fitness. Yeah, Instagram. There we go. Uh, I'll make sure to put all those links in the description. Kyle, as always, super uh, pumped for all your success, the book, the children, everything, man. Uh, oh, man we'll- I'm, I'm going from one to three. Like, I feel like that's I'm cheating things because I feel like there needs to be a natural progression from like one to two. I'm skipping two, going one to three, so I'm kind of nervous. You're 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 overcompensating right now. You're overtraining uh-huh. a little bit, and you're now you're you're reaping the benefits. But you've got that yeah. super sperm, bro. You got that. Fucking- Must be. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna end know. it there. We're gonna end it there. Perfect. All right, um, uh, Kyle. Thanks so much for coming on, dude. We'll have to do it again sometime soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. And that is that, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the More Than Fitness podcast. And please, if you could help me out a little bit here and leave a rate and review in iTunes and also take a screenshot and post it up on your IG story. Tag me at Matt McLeod 6 I'd love to share it. I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast and also so that we can share the word with other people. I would love to build up this community, build up this tribe of people that we have like you and I uh, and get the word out there. Uh, Also, if you want more free content, you can check the links in the description. I have my free four-week workout plan, The Ultimate Physique Development. And also, if you want to work with me online, one-on-one for personal coaching, you can check the link in the description as well. Uh, And anything else you need, please send me an email, send me a DM. I would love to hear from you. Again, thank you so much for listening.